This is episode number 187 with principal data scientist at OXO, Fabio Vasquez. Welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast. My name is Kirill Eremenko, data science coach and lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you inspiring people and ideas to help you build your successful career in data science. Thanks for being here today. And now let's make the complex simple. Hello and welcome back to the Super Data Science Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Today we've got a very exciting guest on the show, Fabio Vasquez. Fabio is originally from Venezuela and he lives in Mexico where he works for a company called OXO where he's the principal data scientist. And if you're not familiar with OXO, then this is a chain of convenience stores and actually a very, very massive chain of convenience stores. Think of it as in, it's like a massive competitor to 7-Eleven. They have over 14,000 stores in Latin America. So we discussed with Fabio quite a lot of interesting topics. And in addition to being a principal data scientist at OXO, Fabio is also an influencer, a thought leader in the space of data science. He's got over 37,000 followers on LinkedIn. And that's why I was very excited to bring him on the show because you may already know him, may already have uh, seen his work and followed him and heard all of the things he's been doing. And so in this podcast, we discussed quite a lot of cool and interesting things. We talked about contributing to the community, talked about sharing ideas on LinkedIn. Uh, we talked about why data science is becoming a, da- a science, an actual science, and what that means. We talked about GitHub, and we discussed the five characteristics of a data science project. So those are just some of the things that we talked about in this podcast. Of course, there's lots more, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy this journey and get some very valuable insights from Fabio. So without further ado, let's dive straight into it. And I bring to you Fabio Vasquez, Principal Data Scientist at OXO. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to the Super Data Science podcast. And today I've got an exciting guest on the show, Fabio Vasquez. Fabio, welcome. How are you going today? Hi, hello, everyone. I'm very happy to be here, very excited, and just hoping to just have a great talk with you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Very excited as well. And um, where are you calling from? Tell us. It's such an unusual occasion. We haven't had anybody from this country on the podcast yet. Okay, I'm calling from Mexico right now, from Monterrey. Mexico. Uh, yeah, in the north of the, 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 the country. That's awesome. And uh, But originally, you're from Venezuela, correct? Yeah, that's right, from Maracaibo, Maracaibo. In, in, uh, very close to Colombia. Yeah, okay, awesome, awesome. Well, very excited about today's um, podcast. I was actually yesterday looking at a webinar you were having with Randy Lau. So there's quite a few things that we I picked up from there that I'd love to talk about. And of course, as we just uh, discussed, it would be cool to talk about the situation of data science in Latin America, which is uh, quite different to the U.S. But to get started, tell us a bit about yourself. If somebody off the street were to ask you, uh, Fabio, what, uh, what do you do? What would you say? All right. I think my, my first answer will be 
uh, I'm, a, I'm a data scientist, and then I'll try to explain what's data science in, in a language that's very easy to understand. Mm -hmm. And normally this is not uh, that easy, mm -hmm. but what I normally can say is I take data and I transform it into actions in, for, for companies. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you, you um, get insights to help companies act on their data. Yeah. And normally then there will be a short discussion on AI or maybe what, what's machine learning and how, and how it, very common it is to have these tools in our hands, like in our phones, and we don't even know it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, for, for sure. And where, where do you currently work? So right now I'm working for different companies. Uh, my, my main like, work is at OXO. Mm -hmm. Oxo is a commodity store. Here is 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 the biggest one in in Mexico. We have like seventeen thousand stores here, mm -hmm. and it's, it's it's very big. And I work with with Racken Data Science Group, and it's like a consultant firm for for data science. And and I have a a partner in a firm called Iron AI, where we do consulting by ourselves with with data science, and I also teach some some classes on data science and in python r spark and this kind of things <laughs> wow <laughs> that's so many different things so you you have a full-time job just i'm gonna i'm looking through linkedin I, if you don't mind i'll i'll read them up so you're a principal data scientist at oxo you're a senior data scientist at Racken group that's the consulting you're a chief data scientist at iron ai uh the i'm i'm guessing this is the entrepreneurial venture the startup yeah and you're a data science lecturer at Afi SQL at the Finances. That's crazy, yeah, it's man. A, it's, a, it's, a, it's a school for, I mean, it's from Spain, but they have like a new program here in Mexico. Yeah. And I, I, I just finished that uh, last week in Mexico City, where I teach uh, some, some, some things about data science or Python, Spark. And I think it's, it's, it's very interesting because we don't have that many things here in, in, in America. Uh, for for studying data science like in a serious way mm. but that, that's that's so cool that you're teaching and you're helping people but it's also very like it's insane that you have four uh, like occupations <laughs> at the same time how do you get by how do you find the time all right so what i I'll, what i think is that uh life is not work mm. i normally have a lot of time for for be with with my my family my my girlfriend and it's have fun stuff, but I mean, because I really love what I do, um, I, I'm not like overwhelmed, like, oh man, I have so, so many things to do and this is kind of weird and stuff. So what I normally do is that I, I do my best every time to, to do most of the work very fast mm -hmm. and then just tweak the things I do. Mm -hmm. Normally I, I'll, I'll start uh, working with some model or something and I, I, I'll document it right away so I, I don't have to do it later. And I have my, my, my whole like, setup for, for, for doing data science that's very easy. Mm -hmm. And what I normally do is that I create like blogs, information, or webinars for, for people to understand what I'm doing. And also for me for later like, to revisit the, 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 the topic. Because normally you, you'll try like a thousand libraries in one year. And in the end, you don't remember, hey, what did I do with this library? So this is why I create some... Uh, like blog posts and stuff for 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 me to remember what I'm doing and for people to to have a peek of what's uh, the life of, of of contributing in open source in data science. This is what 
something I really uh, like, and I'm a contributor for for several libraries too, like Spark. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's that's uh, like a lot of things, and you're right. Like when you uh, don't feel like that your work is work, you don't get overwhelmed. And in addition to all of that, you actually also post quite a few things on LinkedIn, right? Like as you said, to help you remember things so that you can get back to them. Um, is that like uh, does that does that all tie in together? Because like that's a common thread that I've been seeing when people are very excited about their work and they have you know on the side they teach as well and at the same time they post articles on LinkedIn to help people and to help themselves remember. Do you, do you feel that these things like feed each other and makes it easier for you? So it's uh, there's like synergies in between them. Yeah, I I really think that my 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 point the the point where i realized that linkedin was a great platform mm. for for sharing ideas and also getting ideas from a lot of different people i think my life changed because uh from from that point i realized that okay so data science is not only about working in a place here it's it's about also spreading the war of data science and and it's what i think data science is because it's very new mm -hmm. it's a very new topic and if we only do it like by ourselves and we're like in a close environment it's very hard to 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 know people are are, are doing the same kind of things you're doing or or maybe understand some things that it's not very easy to to understand so right now i think we're we're in the era of the blogs and books for from data scientists and this is very interesting because if you thought about um if if, if you thought about it before when we were doing physics in the 1900s Mm -hmm. uh, if there was, I mean, th this is like a like a very small group of people that actually developed the uh, the the physics that, that we do right now. It's like Max Planck, and you have Einstein, and you have Heisenberg, and you have Schrödinger, and all of these different guys wrote books. They wrote articles, and also they didn't have like, the, like medium to create blogs, but they they were doing articles in the format of a blog too. Because mm. nowadays, I think it's very easy to understand hard concepts uh, through blogs. I mean, like five years ago, when I wanted to understand a, a thing, I, I just had to go maybe to an article or maybe just a book. But right now, every day, you get hundreds of of amazing blog posts or only like videos, webinars, where you can get all of these different kind of information really fast. So I, I think it all comes to, uh, together, like doing data science and also helping people because right now, I, I'm, I am where I am right now because people help me. Mm -hmm. And I, I think uh, they indirectly help me and directly help me too. So you don't know the, the power of, of the words you're saying because sometimes there can be a post with two likes you created but for some, for someone, it's just oh yeah, this is a, like an amazing post that changed my life, and I have that experience, and that's something that encouraged me to continue because sometimes uh, when I was writing LinkedIn posts and stuff, I was not getting that much attention in the beginning, but people started to write me, hey, thank you very much for for doing this post, it was really helpful, or maybe people just wrote me like, hey, um, if you want to know more of the things you were writing, I wrote a, a blog post yesterday. So there was a, like a big combination of things that made me the person I'm right now. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's very inspiring. And I love that you mentioned, even if your post has like one or two likes, you never know how that impacted those one or two people that liked it, that it might have just changed somebody's life. And definitely, yeah. I've been in those situations as well. So it's definitely inspiring to hear you. Um, say that. 
So yeah, that's that's a very very apt description. And congratulations, you're on uh, with you're like at thirty six thousand followers on LinkedIn right now. What a journey! How, tell us a bit about that. <laughs> How did that happen? How long did that take? So, I mean, I I think my experience with LinkedIn was very similar to my experience with GitHub, and mm. I'm gonna explain why. When I was starting with GitHub, I, I was starting computer engineering back in Venezuela, and I used it as a source for code to to help me to do my 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 home my my my, my homework. That's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I didn't understand. It, it was like a platform for for building open source codes, and this, I, I I didn't know it, it, it was these different kind of things. I used it like I searched in the internet, and all the answers were Stack Overflow and GitHub. Mm-hmm. So. I started as a user in, in, in GitHub, but in the end, I realized, hey, this is people like me, that mm-hmm. they're just posting their ideas uh, in, 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 in a code style. So I started to contribute into, into my projects in GitHub and, and also on projects like Spark and, and, and things in Julia, Python and R, Scala. So I got very excited. and. It was the same for me in LinkedIn. When I would discover LinkedIn, it, it was like, okay, this is for, for searching for a work. And uh, I needed a work at that time because I was graduating uh, my, uh, from my master's. And then I realized, hey, but this is more because people is sharing here ideas. They're sharing posts. You can create articles on LinkedIn. And so I started doing the same because I was so inspired by so many people like you like building this, this, these great things like super data science and big, big pages for data science. And hey, I, I can contribute too with, with, with the, the, the little things I know. So that's what I started doing. I mean, I didn't do it for, for the followers. I, I just started sharing my ideas. But some of my posts were very, very popular. And I, I think that the first time a, I, I got a lot of attention in one of my LinkedIn posts was when Jeff Weiner, like the LinkedIn CEO, liked my post, mm. and that's what, and that was very weird because it's, it's, it's like, why, how did he find my post? <laughs> and, and 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 that post got like three thousand likes. I went, wow, this is amazing, and 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 then I realized I had a voice in on on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. and this is why I started writing more things and more things and more things, and. Right now, I, I, I think the, the amount of followers you can have on LinkedIn is a, is a way uh, for, for you to say that you're doing things right and you're sharing important things for a lot of people. Yeah, that's true. Interesting to hear how Jeff is, Jeff Weiner is, is learning data science. <laughs> looks like everybody's learning data science now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's very cool, and I, I appreciate you saying that you know, you're not doing it for the followers; you're doing it to share and help people. That's as as we discussed before. It's it's very important, even if you have one or two people. That's you've already done a huge, huge contribution. Okay. Well, so that's uh, that's a quick overview of uh, who Fabio Vasquez is. Now, let's talk a bit about data science. Let's talk a bit about your work, and I probably would like to start with. Something you mentioned in your webinar with Randy Lau, and I really enjoyed this, so maybe you can share it here as well. Uh, You were talking about data science projects, and you said that all data science projects have to have five characteristics. And I'll read them out here, and then maybe we can go through them one by one. 
and yeah. uh, you can give us your thoughts on that. So you mentioned that there's, all data science projects should be reproducible, fallible, collaborative, creative, and compliant to regulations. Could you walk uh, us through these one by one and maybe give examples where it's possible? All right. So there's a lot of talk right now about reproducibility in, in data science because uh, we are doing science in the end. And, and I think before talking all of these five points you mentioned, I think I need to start with my viewpoint on data science and it, it, that it is becoming a science. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think right now it has the name science in it, but it is only becoming a, a, a full science right now. And, and if data science is a science, and if, it's, and if this is the case, I think all of these five points should, should be there in every project we do. So the first one is, of course, necessary to do science. It's impossible to create an experiment, and if you're the only one who can reproduce the experiments, it's, it's not, in the end, a, an actual contribution to the world. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, I'm, I mean, if I say in an article, hey, I just discovered that water boils at 100 degrees Celsius, but I'm the only one who can ever test it. So this is like like a mysterious article. It's like, oh, what 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 is this guy doing? And science is based is 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 is, is based on the way that all, that other people can reproduce your works. And I, I think data science is very easy to do uh, these these different kind of things because we are in an open source world. I mean, most of the data science contributions are in open source, Python, R, Scala. And we, we, we all have uh, like blog posts and informations and articles on all the things we do. So I think the path to reproducibility is not that far away from data science. Mm -hmm. um, gotcha. gotcha. Um, makes, yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So like basically, you, what's the point of insights if you, you're the only one who can get them? You want anybody yeah, to be able course. to Of course. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that you should post the work you're doing for your company because you're going to get fired. Mm -hmm. Uh, what I'm saying here is like the techniques you're using are of course shareable if your company allows it. Mm -hmm. And of course, all of the science that people do in companies or, or schools is not fully reproducible. I mean, you need to have the data they have or the or, or the equipment they have. Mm -hmm. But there there are there are paths to or 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 several steps on reproducibility. And I think data science should be at least uh, uh, reproducible in, in environments that are similar to, to yours. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I think this is my first point. Gotcha. So the, the second point was collaborative, right? Fall fallible. Oh, fallible. This is a very important thing here. So science is not in the loop for the truth. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a very important thing to say one and again and again and again. Because we're in the look for knowledge. Mm -hmm. And if you want to read more about this, I really recommend you do, you do, you do some reading on philosophy or epistemology. Uh, but the, the, the thing here is we're not solving the problem forever with a solution that will hold for eternity. Mm -hmm. All right? We're creating a solution for the problem with the technology, the theory, and all of the 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 apparatus we have right now. And this is important in science because, because if I go through an article and the article says, this is the final solution to the problem. No one else should do anything more about this. This is not going to be 
a, a thing in science. So this is not a final solution. And this is also very cool to, for, for you to explain to your company. You're creating models, mm-hmm. and models are an abstraction of reality. Mm-hmm. And you're actually trying to, to create a, a vision of reality that works for you, and you can understand it and test it. So you're not actually uh, finding the ultimate solution for a problem. You're finding a solution to the problem. So right now with data science, what we what we should be thinking is, okay, I found a good solution to this problem, but of course it can it can be better in 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 the future. So that should give you a a touch of being humble of what you're doing because sometimes we think, yeah, this is the best model I can ever create for 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 this problem, and that's never the, the truth mm-hmm. because science is never gonna look for the for the hidden truth. We're looking for the knowledge, mm-hmm. and when when you look for the knowledge, there's there's no stop, and and this is very interesting because people sometimes ask me when I was doing science, so when does it end? What what is the end of science when you know everything? And I and my answer is we're never gonna know everything. This is not the this is not the path of 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 doing science. Mm-hmm. Science is not about the 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 truth of the universe. It's about the knowledge we can get from the things we see, understand, and 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 can study yeah so, so, so that's that's the second point totally yeah. agree and i'll probably just uh add to that by defining like i'm i'm sure people like now get a get a, a an image of what um uh, of what data science kind of is in terms of like being able to make mistakes or not being able not not having the ultimate truth right away but just uh, to sum it up, I'll read out the definition of the word fallible because when I started in your presentation, I realized that I didn't know what it was, so I had to Google right. the definition. And so fallible is, the, is an adjective. It means capable of making mistakes or being erone- erroneous. So that's, that's, uh, that's exactly what, um, what we just discussed, that if you, you're not 100%, like every single time you do something to make a discovery, that's the final truth. That might be correct, but it might not be the full picture, right? That there's might there might be more to it, and usually there is. And as you say in science, usually there is. And I love how before you gave the examples of um, Newton and other physicists like Einstein and so on, because uh, like you're a physicist, and it was interesting when we started just before the podcast, we were talking like we both studied physics and um, yeah. just different types, right? Like uh, uh, you studied um, what, what was it, cosmology, right? Yeah, cosmology. Yeah. Cosmology, and now you're into data science. And I also studied physics. I'm into data science, and a couple of other people, like Nadine Bremer, was all, was, all, was an astronomer. Now she's into data science. So interesting how, depending on your background, depending on where you came from, you see data science from a different perspective. And so I think this will be valuable for a lot of our listeners who might not be coming from a physics background to hear this perspective of data science as a science and all of these different aspects and characteristics that we're mentioning here so let's move yeah, on to, I, I think that's a very good point yeah, yeah. let's move on to number three collaborative what do you mean by that all right collaborative i mean here that we exist in a team mm. and i mentioned that in a post last week on on linkedin because some people are just thinking that you can be a data scientist by yourself without seeing anything else and that's that's impossible because we are a a and applies and applied science, 
And that means that we need someone else to solve problems too. <laughs> because if no one else is giving you a thing to solve or you're not having a problem to solve with data science, then you're not doing data science. So Wix is in a team in two ways. First is your, your actual team, like other data scientists, your manager, or, or some people, data analysts, data engineers, people that work close to you. And, and it's, very, it's very cool to have this kind of different uh, like perspective of what you can do with data. And I think a data scientist should not be a, like an expert in, in, in each of these topics, but have an idea of what these people are doing. And the second part of the team is the business you're working with. Because sometimes when, when you are a data scientist, you need to, 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 uh, to reply or, or, or to solve problems for very different kind of people, like marketing people, like business people, uh, people working uh, with distribution of something in your, in your company. So you'll, you'll need to be able to talk with these people in a different way you talk with your team in, 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 in data science. You'll need to have a way of understanding what they're saying and what are the, their, their requirements. Mm -hmm. It's not the same to hear uh, someone talking about a business, uh, their business they're, they're working in, if they are a business guy or they are working in the marketing department. So I think this, this collaboration is what in the end will, will, will guide you uh, to make a, a good solution that will, that will answer the, the, the problems uh, for the business you're working with. And this is the same uh, in, in, in science. I mean, of course, you can have this scientist working by himself and stuff, but in the end, he's trying to solve a problem for everyone. Mm -hmm. He's trying to solve, he's trying to understand the world. Mm -hmm. And in the end, uh, Right now, I don't think that picture of the this, the the mad scientist in in a laboratory by himself that that's not true at all. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that, that that I mean, my experience doing science was very different. Like a lot of people working with me, uh, like every Friday we got together to see what others were doing, understanding the different parts of an article or 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 different kind of things in a subject. So I, 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 I think this collaboration is what makes you an effective data scientist. Yeah. And I, I, just when you were saying that example of the uh, mad scientist in, in the laboratory by, the own, by themselves, I remembered a, um, a part of a book I'm reading now. It's called Sapiens. And there they talk about collaboration. Or the author uh, talks about um, collaboration in the sense that during the cognitive revolution, that was the deciding point for our species as sapiens to take take over the world like the the fact that we can co coordinate our efforts in large numbers is what distinguishes us from others like try try putting 10,000 monkeys into a stadium right there's no way they're going to call collaborate there's no way they're going to be able to follow rules or to work together and you know watch a concert or or do something together, watch a, or a soccer game, right? Like there's, they're limited in their capacity to collaborate, you know, 20 or so people or, and things like that, or monkeys and things like that. So in our case, the fact that we can, we have this cognitive apparatus that allows us to collaborate, that is one of our biggest advantages. And we should really use that, especially like in complex things like science, data science, and um, whatever else we're doing for our profession. So totally agree with that. Totally uh, agree. Very yeah. important to keep that in mind.
Okay, right. so next point, next one, yeah. I think it was creative, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So creativity is something that is uh, like weirdly uh, defined in a weird way for most people. I don't know if your uh, people listening here uh, ever listen to people saying, yeah, so the creativity is in the left part of the brain and the math and language is in this part of the brain and the artists are the people who are very creative and science is, is like very in the other side with, with mechanisms and tools. Okay, so this is why, this is why I think it's weird. I don't think that a mathematician solving a theorem is not a, a creative person. I think he's he can be the most creative person in the world right now. I think trying to solve things with science and with mathematical things and trying to understand the world, you only have to do it in a creative way. And when some, I mean, and they're in the workplace, when someone says, hey, this is the creative department, they're, they're not the data scientists. They're people creating like like images and, and, and stuff. And I think, this is not. This should not be the way we see data science. Data science needs creativity because mm -hmm. some of the things we're solving are not solved, and and we have no answers for them. And this is why we've we've been. I mean, if if you search for data science in, on on the internet right now, you'll get a lot of different things. Data science for applied businesses, for for science itself, like papers, research, uh, reviews, overviews surveys and 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 this is why we're we're trying to find a definition that contains all of this information we're trying to use to solve problems and i think we need to be creative uh, because we're using things from from other domains and mm -hmm. uh, let me give you an, an example here a lot of the things we're using right now for doing machine learning and deep learning they come from biology or, or, or chemistry or different kind of science. Just, just look for the articles of, of, of Hinton. They were all uh, published under Biological Science Review magazines. So, and it's very creative to find a way to apply a model that was created for a specific purpose into another place. Right now we're using random forests and GBMs and lizard regressions for doing things that no one ever thought about. And I, I, I think this is, this is one of the realizations of creativity in data science, being able to use different kind of things from other domains and apply it to, to your work. Mm -hmm. Definitely agree with that as well. Uh, data science. <laughs> so I, I find that some of the best data scientists come from creative backgrounds, whether it's arts or music or uh, something completely unrelated to science, simply because there is so much capacity, so much room to be creative in data science, and they they find how to apply their existing creative skills to become uh, even more successful. So uh, I think everybody in data science. Yeah, should. no, and 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 again, my my point here is trying to to make people understand that science is also creative, mm -hmm. and data science is creative because it's a way of science. So this is one. This is my 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 view on creativity on data science. Yep. Yep. So I think the the final point is very is very important and is compliant to regulations. And I I I I put that. I mean I I work on on that list like a year ago. Mm -hmm. And I work in in 
in a bank for like a year. And then I realized how important it is to, 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 to follow the rules you have to create models and, and see the data. The thing is right now we're seeing more and more updates uh, for the things we can do and cannot do with the data of the customers or of people we're analyzing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, but last two months, I mean, my, my inbox from my email was full with, uh, with, with emails with change or, or, or rules and agreements. And, and it was all because in Europe, there was a lot of changes on how people can access, view, and understand the data from, from, from uh, the GDPR, right? Yeah, the GDPR. Global, global got, data protection regulation. Yeah, and, and I got a lot of messages mm-hmm. uh, from, from companies that were sending to me uh, to, for me to, to be aware that now they're following their standards. Yeah. And, and right now, this is like the, the main point of regulations in the, in, in the data world, but it, they, there will be more and more in the future. I mean, if you think of science, I think everybody knows right now that cloning a human being is, is illegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you think on data science, we can do almost whatever we want with the data. Yeah. So I, I think we are very free to do whatever we want right now. And I don't see that as a bad thing. But I, I, I really think that regulations should be in place for because data is, is people, too. I mean, when I was working in the bank, when I when I created models for for, for like credit scoring model, I, I really had to thought about, hey, this is not only data, this is people's lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm here understanding what they buy, what they cannot buy. Uh, I mean, how they spend their money and what are their, their emergencies? Why are they asking for, for this money right now? So you, you, when you're working with the data from people, I think you need to think about this is not only points in a spreadsheet or a data frame. This is people you're talking about here. Mm-hmm. So, and and I, I, I think regulations will be more and more important in the near future and also in your own company. You can, I mean, there are some, some departments when I've worked that they say to me, yeah, I need a model that follows this different kind of, of, of bullets here because we need to be able to understand the model in, and, and, the full, and the full picture of it. So I think if you want to, uh, to do whatever you want, I think first you need to understand what you can and you cannot do in the company you're working with. And then you start working after understanding these restrictions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love the point. And you mentioned this in the webinar as well. I, I was quite touched by it that when you're working with data for us, any like any row is a data point. It's completely anonymous. It's you know, we don't really often we don't even know what's behind it. But if you stop and you think about it, every data point is actually a human being with your know, feelings, emotions, a life, yeah. um, their own privacy, and that's important to always respect. Always important to keep in mind. I think that's. Like we're trying, like as a society, we're trying to put it into regulations. But if everybody just thinks of that and everybody just keeps that in mind, like half the problems will be solved. Half of these data issues and privacy problems will go away. All right. Well, thank you so much for that uh, overview of the five uh, different uh, characteristics of data science. I I also like how you mentioned at the start. Maybe let's 
let's uh, recap this whole thing with uh, just talking about that for a second. You mentioned that data science is starting to become a science. That, uh, that's a very powerful thought. Uh, even though that it has the word science in its name, it really hasn't been a science so far. It's been you know, ad hoc, put this together, get some um, experience from this industry, get some, borrow this from that industry, and so on. But finally, it's, it's um, crystallizing into a science of its own. And I'll agree with you on that one. I, I also think that's the case. Tell us a bit more about that. What, what do you mean when you say data science is becoming a science? So what I think is like exactly as, as you said before, uh, we, this is a very new science. And this is a, a, a very new field if we think about that. Mm-hmm. And right now we're very used to think of, a, of, of physics or chemistry as, as a science. Yeah. But if you go very back to, to Newton and, and Dalton and all these great uh, like scientists in the 1600s and, and the 1700s, they, they didn't know that was physics. I mean, Newton didn't call physics physics. Mm-hmm. And because there was not an established uh, framework for, for doing physics. Mm-hmm. And it, it took a lot of centuries for us to, to, to be able to say, yeah, this, this is physics, this is chemistry, this is biology, and, this is, and these are the, the, the borders from, from, from each. Mm-hmm. So right now we are in a different path because this is very fast. I mean, right now we are having a ton of papers being published every day for deep learning and machine learning and data science. And in, at the same time, people building the code for, for, for those papers at the same time, too. Mm-hmm. So the, the transformation uh, is, I mean, is very, very aggressive right now for data science. And it's, it's starting to become a science. When I say this, I'm thinking about people are, I mean, and I include my self here um we're trying to to create a framework to develop data science projects um with um, with a methodology mm-hmm. and when you add methodology to to one thing that is trying to understand a part of the world i think you're trying to do science in 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 that moment and right now we don't have the full picture or and but what we are creating it i think Microsoft is doing a great work when when uh, they launch the uh, the model for doing data science. I don't remember the name right now. I, I think it's Team Data Science Workflow. I think it's a very cool thing people should should read about. Mm. It's a it's a full agile framework for doing data science in a scientific way. And there, and and Matt Dancho's uh, uh, business science course. I I don't know if if you see him before in on. On LinkedIn, he has a full uh, picture on, on adding to CRISP-DM, the, the data mining pipeline before, mm-hmm. the part of data science to actually create a framework for doing data science. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we're going to do, and we're going to see more and more of, of these frameworks for creating data science in a scientific way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a very, uh, it, it's a great opportunity for, for people uh, right now to understand what science is about. Because mm-hmm. normally, when I think I, I'm a physicist, I, I didn't, I mean, when I was doing cosmology, I didn't uh, set, uh, sit down and say, so this is my hypothesis, mm-hmm. oh, and, and, and I wrote it. So I'm going to do observations now. I mean, this is not the way we do science either. Mm-hmm. But we now, there's, some, there's a method behind everything we do. And if we try to apply that to data science, we're trying to transform it into a science right now. And I, I, I think we're on that path. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's a very uh, apt observation. I like that what you mentioned about Microsoft. I actually spoke to one of the on the podcast before. I spoke to one of the um, executives at IBM, and he mentioned that they're do- building the same thing. They're building a uh, like end-to-end data science um, tool that will allow you to like you know from start to finish take a whole data science project. And as you mentioned, that's adding methodology to something that. We know about the world to some, you know, some way we're exploring the uh, the world, and that is when you when something is becoming starting to become a science. Never thought of it that way before. That you know about the adding methodology, but it totally makes sense. Thanks, thanks a lot for for sharing that part. Um, and right. be- before we move on to the next part of our podcast uh, and talk about Latin America, I just wanted to make a quick announcement for our listeners uh, because just before we started the show, I spoke to. Fabio and invited him to uh, Data Science Go, and uh, Fabio said yes. So Fabio will, you know, hopefully, if you know, the stars align, then you'll be joining us for Data Science Go as a presenter, and uh, we're gonna hear more from you there in uh, in October in San Diego. How are you feeling about that, Fabio? I'm very excited. I mean, I I mentioned before that I haven't been to the U.S. in like 17 years. Mm. So I'm I'm very happy to be back there. And I follow a lot of people from there and they're doing amazing things. So I'm very happy to meet you in person and meet all of the people that is is, is going to the conference. Yeah. And actually, you mentioned Matt Dancho with, uh, you know, how he transformed the CRISP DM methodology into this uh his his own system that he's teaching. He's actually going to be there as well, and he's going to be presenting about that. So that would be a cool uh, opportunity for you guys to catch up. Have you met him in person before? Nope, never. So yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Um, okay, so yeah, um, if anybody wants to uh, meet five in person, that's that would be a great opportunity. And uh, now let's talk a bit about Latin America. Actually, speaking of that, last year at Data Science Go, we had somebody uh, from Brazil take a 25 hour flight to come to the conference that that was pretty that was a quite a good um you know demonstration of how committed they are to growing their career so tell us a bit about um latin america you mentioned that data science in uh latam i've heard that term before latin america latam is uh is different so what is your experience there so i think first we need to define Latam, as, as as you mentioned, so I, I I don't know if people are familiar to where we are, but uh, we are a, a set of countries mm-hmm. that are most in South America, like Venezuela, Colombia, Peru, or Argentina, but it, it also contains the countries in in the center of America, like Panama and Nicaragua mm-hmm. and Guatemala, and also Mexico. Mm-hmm. where I am right now. Mm-hmm. So mostly Spanish speakers, but we also have Brazil, but and that's, and that's a, port, a, 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 a Portuguese uh, country. So when you think about this, we have one thing in common and it's our language. And this is very different from if you think Europe. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have a lot of countries there and most of them, they have their own language. They, are, they have their, their own uh, religion, and way of seeing the world. And right now in England America, we're very similar. I mean, I mean I've mean, i only been to Colombia, Mexico, and Venezuela, but I can say that we're not that different. And, and that creates a huge opportunity for data science. 
Because if you solve a problem to one of our countries, maybe you're solving it for the whole region. Mm-hmm. And this is not very common in all of these countries. Because if you solve a problem for Germany, maybe you're not solving that for, for, for Sweden. I don't know. Yeah, or, make or, or in like Switzerland. You solve, solve it the problem for northern Switzerland. They speak German there. And then in Western Switzerland, they speak French. In Southern Switzerland, they speak Italian. So even in one country, there's like three different yeah. groups. Yeah, so so it's 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 very peculiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the other side, uh, I mean, this is like the the great part of, of of being here. On the other side, it it, it has a lot of challenges, mm-hmm. and and not all of these challenges are related to to to, to data science, but some of them are related to how we live in these countries. Mm-hmm. So my experience in Venezuela um, is not that funny. <laughs> because we are a, a country with a lot of issues right now. And you cannot develop a career like an, a, in, in data science there. It's not easy because you don't have the tools, you don't have the money, you don't have companies that are willing to pay for you to be a data scientist. You don't have the masters, the, the, the education, you have slow internet. So there, there's a lot of, of drawbacks of, of living, I mean, for me, when I was living in, in Venezuela, it was very hard for me to, to get in touch with all of these different kind of technologies, people, and, and things. But for some reason, I work as a data scientist in, in, in Venezuela uh, with a company called Move. Mm-hmm. We were trying to understand some patterns uh, of, uh, for a retail company there. And I, it, it was my first experience with, with data science in the real world, like working with data science. And, and then I came here to Mexico to do my master's. And I've, I've worked in several companies here. And I, I think the feeling is the same. And when I say the feeling is like we're doing things that normally you'll see in books or people doing in the U.S. and things. But we have a bigger challenge to make them uh, to, like visible for for companies because all of them they 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 they've heard of data science, but they're not sure what's data science or they don't have a department on 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 data science in their company, or maybe they don't trust a data scientist because they're they they trust their their thirty year old expertise in 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 a field. So we are right now transitioning into data science in these countries. And that presents a, an opportunity for you to to create a path as a beginner here, but it's not that easy to to like to be around experts or under or or learn from from for great people working in these different countries. So that's that's why right now because I'm I'm very young to be a principal data scientist, but I'm I am right now creating the department here where I'm working. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I came here and there was a department for, for BI and like screen, uh, for some, some graphics in, in Tableau and things, but there was nothing about machine learning or deep learning or anything uh, like this. So I'm trying to make, uh, uh, to make the business understand what's data science, creating the whole department on, on data science here. And there are a lot of challenges like money. You need a, a cluster or maybe an, a, a cloud computing service. Then you'll need people for you to 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 be like your your help in these projects. Then you'll need to 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 convince uh, like the managers that they they should invest in these different technologies and in you too. So 
and I, I, I think is is I don't know how 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 are the things on the U.S. on or in Europe, but he, the, the, these are, are some of the challenges we were presented mm-hmm. when we're trying to do data science in these countries. Mm-hmm. And I've I've generally heard that the the space of data science education is not that very well developed in uh, Latin America. Like for instance. Um, People need to take courses uh, in the, in the U.S. on, uh, like, say, on Udemy, Udacity, and so on, like in English. But uh, a lot of in a lot of cases, they uh, they don't understand English that well. They don't don't have that English skill uh, that developed that they can uh, understand a whole course on data science. And um, it would be great if the courses and education in Latin America could develop more in uh, in this space. What What is your experience? Because you teach data science as well. All right. So uh, one one thing before mention about that, um, I'm right now, I because of the same thing you're, you're seeing right now, I created a publication on Medium, mm-hmm. uh, Ciencia y Datos, or mm-hmm. like Science and Data, and it's in Spanish. Mm-hmm. So what I'm doing there is I'm, translating my own articles from English to Spanish mm-hmm. and I'm translating other people others people uh, uh, like like articles to Spanish with their permission and they're publishing under their, their name in the in the publication and people are starting to to create blogs in data science there so I think uh, I'm, I'm trying to to do the thing you said uh, like we don't have that much resources in Spanish and this is my, my way of, of trying to create something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there, there's going to be an, an announcement very soon for, for different kind of things we're going to do uh, in Spanish. So I keep 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 updated, keep posted with that. Mm-hmm. So my experience is uh, when I when I teach data science, I think we have three different kind of people. I think the first kind the the, the first kind is people that only heard of it and were they interested in the subject. It's like mm-hmm. okay. So I heard of that because I read a blog or I saw your post on LinkedIn and I, then I started searching the internet and I'm here. Mm-hmm. So the second kind of people is that, that they're like business analysts and they know that they want and, and they know they should be changing into data science. And, and this is something very common in this country. Mm-hmm. People are trying to, mi- to, to migrate into data science from business analysts, business intelligence people and data miners and they have a lot of skills that are very similar to data science but they lack a lot of the of the machine learning tools or the deep learning tools of the advanced mathematic uh, like uh, information so it's, it's not the same way you can treat this, 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 these people and and the third uh, group of people um, I've seen in uh, in in my classes is people actually doing data science but they're like beginners mm-hmm. but these these people they are they they know what's open source they are on linkedin they read the blogs on data science so they're they're very well informed mm-hmm. and they're waiting for a lot from you mm-hmm. they're, they're waiting a lot from you so it's very hard because normally you have all these three groups of people in one class mm-hmm. so it's just very complex to to, to try to understand different uh, like a, a subject for 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 people very different in in what they want to hear or understand mm-hmm. so it's normally that 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 easy to create a, a, a good course for for this different kind of uh, that, that, that uh, of audience but I do always my best and mm-hmm. I, I, I think 
the best thing I I found if I, it, it can work for for someone else is I normally start with a wow mm-hmm. like okay so this is what we're gonna build in the end of the course mm. right uh, this is this is like yeah we're gonna build this model and this model do this this and this don't worry uh, about the word model right now I'm gonna explain what's a model and, and things and but they get inspired okay that that's very cool I think that that can work to my work they can. I can I, I can apply that to uh, mm-hmm. to to where I'm working right now, and then I go very slowly into the theory and then into the code. Mm-hmm. I think a, a, a lot of people right now are very focused on the code part or programming part on of of data science, but the theory is so so important because if you don't understand what you're doing, the code you're creating is is is, is just useless. Mm-hmm. And so all of the the courses I teach are like 50% uh, theory and 50% code because it's, it's just very important to understand uh, the basics of the things you're trying to create and build uh, for, for, for and, and then when you realize you understand all these different things, it's just, the code is just very easy, it's a tool. Like programming is a tool for data science, but the actual core of the field is understanding the things you're doing. Wow, what a great answer! We like went from uh, Latin America and, and uh, you know the state there into education and data science. I'm just sitting here like mesmerized by all these <laughs> things that you mentioned. is so good, so me, and I totally agree on the theory and the practical. Um, that's why, for instance, in our courses we do intuition and uh, uh, then the coding part because they have to come hand in hand. You have to understand at least on an intuitive level what exactly is going on in these algorithms, what you're creating. And also what you mentioned about the three different groups of data scientists. I found I found this very um, uh, insightful right now because you said there's data scientists, they, you know, they just like heard about this this uh, podcast or something and they're, they're here listening to it. Uh, there's transitioning people from other industries begin- and beginners. And um, like... Uh, I'll mention this again about uh, because I think you'll find this exciting on at Data Science Go is we have exactly three tracks. We have data scientists, we have beginners and transitioning data science, and we have also executives and head honchos. And so we structured our talks in exactly that way that you can build your own um, experience at the conference. And so just just to reiterate that indeed there's data science is so broad that you need to tailor the experience of um, who you're going to who you're going to be representing to who you're talking to that um, to get the most value of it. it's important to recognize whether it's a conference whether it's a podcast whether it's a, a course that you're creating a blog post you're writing do you experience the same thing like when you're writing a blog post do you keep in mind who you're writing it for is it like the beginners is it the experienced data scientists is it the people transitioning yeah. careers yeah, I, 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 I'm right now creating blocks for these three groups. Mm-hmm. Some, some blocks are for, for three, for, mm-hmm. for these three of them, but there are some advanced blocks. I, I'm creating like tools and I, I don't talk about like what's Python and, and things, but I, I have, uh, I created some, some, some blog posts on like an introduction to deep learning or what's intelligence mm-hmm. or, 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 or this like a high level thing that I've been thinking about and I wanted to have them on paper and I and when I read your 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 blog on data scientists should write books yeah I think you posted that like a month ago or yeah. something like that I I, I think it's, it's that's just it's very important mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's very important that we write what we are thinking and I think when I started writing I mean I, I never thought I was gonna write 
Mm-hmm. When I read your blog on that data scientists should write books, um, I, I, I think I'm not writing, I mean, I cannot say <clears throat> yes or no if I'm writing a book right now. You can you have that to your mind. Yeah. Um, but I think it's very interesting. Uh, it's an interesting topic to mention because we should be writing what we think. And I think data scientists have, uh, mo- most of the people I've, I've seen in data science, for some reason, they have this skill or, or for, for translating their thoughts into well-written blog posts. And this is not easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my way of writing and the way I'm writing blog posts has changed a lot in the past year. And I got experience and experience on, okay, so I read, I, I read a blog from last year and I'm not very happy on, on how I, I wrote this. So I'm going to create a new one and change it or, or something like that. And you realize that in the end, it is very easy to write. It's easier to, to, to talk right now because sometimes when you write, you can think a lot of what you're saying and you can reread and reread again until you're very satisfied w- with what you're writing. And I, I, I think right now we should be, uh, keep, uh, Posting articles, uh, posting blog posts. If you have the time, create uh, create books. There are great people out there that, that they will help you uh, with the financial things. If you want to create a book, or maybe just for like for yourself, they have you have great uh, libraries like Bookdown in in R. It was very easy to transform some R some R markdown files into a book with no effort at all. So I think uh, we are we are on, on a path, and we're going to be seeing a lot of more a lot more of publication in a written style for data science in the next years. Fantastic, fantastic! Thank you, Fabio, for sharing that. That's uh, very inspiring, and I think I totally agree with you. I think more people should create content and uh, write books, blog posts, uh, record videos, uh, make uh, you know share things on GitHub to help progress this space forward and build the community. And what I really like is that people in, in data science are so friendly. Like there's no, none of this backstabbing, none of this, um, you know, extreme competitiveness when people are just like trying to get in each other's way. Like everybody's so friendly, everybody's willing to help each other out. So it's a great place to be. And I totally appreciate you sharing all these insights today. Uh, unfortunately, we're running out of time. We're coming to the end of the podcast. So um, I wanted to thank you a lot for coming on the show today. And before we wrap up, could you share with us where is the best place for people to get in touch with you and follow you in your career? All right. I think right now the best way you can find out about me is following me on LinkedIn. Uh, unfortunately, I cannot accept more people mm. <laughs> like connections mm-hmm. like i'm 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 topping connections but you can follow me and i'll just be be with my updates uh all the time also i think you can follow me on on twitter too yep. um my uh, is, is fabio vas mm-hmm. is my 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 username and also on medium i think i'm gonna be a lot more active on medium this year that i've been uh the this past month so if you want to read like a more like a like a blog style or article style things for me, I think Medium is a good way to follow me. Gotcha. Okay, we'll definitely include all those links in the show notes and people can find them there. Um, and uh, just one question before I let you go today. What's a book that you can recommend to our listeners to help them advance their careers in data science? So there's a book I think 
is very helpful and it was for me it's not that easy to to read it's like more kind of an advanced book in some way and it's called Bayesian Reasoning and Machine Learning by David Barber mm-hmm. and this is a great book it's a it's a book where you can find definitions and and code and also uh, examples on almost every machine learning uh, algorithm there is. Mm-hmm. And also something about like uh, deep learning, belief networks, uh, magician uh, and probabilistic uh, games and stuff that are very common to, uh, to, to data science. And it's not that focused on, on, on data science, but the, the machine learning and the probabilistic thinking is amazing. Mm-hmm. It, it's amazingly explained in, in the book and it's free, by mm-hmm. the way. Mm. And the, the creator have it on his webpage. It's called David Barber, the, the, the creator. And he also has a full uh, uh, code uh, uh, solving for problems in, in MATLAB and in Python. He's migrating to Python and Julia, all of the code from MATLAB. Mm-hmm. So you can find all of the code for the book in those three languages. So I think it's a very good thing, and it's free. <laughs> Fantastic. I haven't heard of that book before, but it's called Bayesian Reasoning and Machine Learning by David Barber. Uh, and I hope everybody yeah. who's interested in that will check it out. Well, on that note, thank you so much, Fabio. It's been a pleasure meeting you and uh, having this amazing chat. And I can't wait to see you in San Diego in October later this year. All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Kira, for, for the invitation. And thank all of you for listening to, to what I had to say. And I hope to see you in San Diego very soon. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. So there you have it. That was Fabio Vasquez, Principal Data Scientist at OXO. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did and learned quite a few things from Fabio including the five characteristics of a data science project, which we discussed. And personally, my favorite takeaway was when Fabio mentioned that data science is actually finally becoming a science. And what that means is not in a way like that is becoming like a science, like chemistry or physics, that's going to be very specific and is going to have its own um, field of application rather than being applied to business in a more broader uh, sense. It's still going to stay the same and we're going to be able to apply it to business. It just means that it's finally crystallizing into a field of its own. The way that data science came to be is it came from different areas. Many different sciences and business included uh, needed to work with data, whether it's biology, chemistry, physics, business, business intelligence, astronomy and so on and everywhere there little concepts of data science were growing but now we have something more common more general that we can describe as data science and it's actually a science of its own well it's becoming a science of its own that's a very exciting time to live in and as usual you can get the show notes at www.superdatascience.com 187 There you'll find any materials we mentioned in this podcast, plus the um, transcript for this episode, plus the URL for Fabio's LinkedIn. So make sure to go there and follow Fabio on social media and get access to all the wonderful things that he'll be sharing in the upcoming future. And of course, don't forget that Fabio is going to be at Data Science Go 2018, which is happening in October this year. 
just over a month left until then so if you haven't gotten your ticket yet for data science go make sure to go and grab it at www.datasciencego.com and you'll get to meet Fabio and lots and lots of other great data scientists in person there on that note hope you enjoyed today's podcast i look forward to seeing you back here next time until then happy analyzing <laughs>